that shit. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Miss Mojo, with my partner, Peter. Please, Peter, what's going on? What's poppin'? What's poppin'? What's poppin'? How you feeling today, honey? You see it. You got the lit juice. It's there recording. <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling Please good. Please tell these people what you made. I need them to know every <laughs> ounce of what's in that concoction. So currently, Peter Please is sipping a custom Mighty Mango mixed with Taylor Port wine from New York City in a nice little plastic enclosure. Now, I told you that Taylor Port is a great penny, so listen, you better be careful during this recording. Listen, I'm going okay. to be on silent because <laughs> we're going to be too late. How about you? How are you feeling today, Miss Mojo? My God, it's it's been a journey these past um, four or five days, Heard. but, you know, we just had to lay a member of the family down and rest, so that's a little hard. Mm. But I've been laying bitches to rest all week, so I guess that's just my ministry this week. Um, I won't say any names, but if you're in a clubhouse, you know the team. You know the team. This is a no-lie zone. Condolences for your fam directly. That's all I will Thank say. Thank you. That's all Thank I will you. Say. We received that. We received that. Um, but overall, I'm feeling good. Um, the sun is shining today um, as of this recording, and... I couldn't ask for anything more. I look good. I smell good. Mm-hmm. And the pussy is still tight. So we give thanks for that. <laughs> Peter, I have a question for you. Yes, I have an answer. What? Or not what? Tell me your feedback. Because a lot of people um, may have a um, perception of you. But I like I let people speak for themselves. Copy. What is your feedback on episode one? I mean, I, I loved it from our pilot, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I listened to the sure. pilot like 20 times. And episode one, finally, when it was done and I, you know, everything was put together at least 30, 40 times. Legit. Like. Right. It just making sure it sounded perfect. And to me. I think we manifested something beautiful with episode one. So I I yes. put that love and that heart and that energy to it. You did as well. And I received exactly what I felt like would come, which is like, oh my God, yeah. I mean you can go into the to the feedback yourself, but it just we it's just been positive from what I've been receiving. But me personally, Peter loves it. Loves it, loves it. We love to hear it. The feedback I've been receiving is just, they like on a bus around shit, give me some more. Like they, the people are loving it. Yes. They're loving Mad Black. They love that we are available on all major streaming platforms. Talk about it. But they also love the feeling and the flavor. And I think for me, that's what I wanted to do here, you know? And I don't see myself doing this with anyone, but Peter, please. So Peter, thank you for being a part of this journey with me. Um, and you know, this is our um, our love child. So I hope you show up to the first birthday. Yeah, with I'm your here. Blueberry, I'm button down. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And um, you know, keep showing up the way you do. Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate it. <laughs> and you are appreciated. God damn it. 
Thank you. Thank you, baby. Um, I do want to give uh, uh, a hefty condolences. Um, you know, our last recording we did yeah. shout DMX. Unfortunately, DMX did pass away. Um, but, you know, he went out in true Rough Rider style. And that's all to be said. Um, shout out to the family and the friends and anyone who's been impacted by his music. Um, I think when we talk about legacies and hip hop, it's always going to be complications because homophobia is embedded in hip hop culture. Yeah. You know, as much as people try to glaze over it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I do think um, people are valid for their critiques. However, you know, let people mourn the way they want to mourn and we'll just go from there. So shout out to Earl Simmons, AKA Dark Man X. X. We'll see you up there when we see you up there. Um, so. Other than that, I think we can get into hot topics. We have a lot on the agenda today. A lot. Oof. A lot. It's on the agenda. spicy. It's spicy. Spicy today. It's spicy. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. to trigger me up with these music cues, okay? Because you know this is my shit. They want to know! Today's hot topics. <laughs> We're going to be discussing cis women in their obsession with trans women, Janet Mock at the Pro's premiere, Game Night Gone Wrong, and the 2021 Oscars. Um, so let's just get straight into it. Um, cis women in their obsession with trans women. <sighs> right. Heavy sigh. Heavy sigh. Cis women are using mass media to continuously perpetuate violence against trans women. This comes on the wake of the Amazon film Secret Society by Miasha Coleman. So Miasha Coleman, a cis woman, wrote the fictional novel, Secret Society, that centers the lives of two trans women living in Atlanta, Georgia. The book has recently been made into the film, starring two cis women as the lead characters. So number one, do we understand the violence of having cis women play trans people in 2021? We understand that violence um, because I think we, the internet and Black Twitter for sure, let people know this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Hire trans talent, you know. But on the flip side, after seeing that film, I'm actually glad trans talent wasn't hired because that would be, uh, in my opinion, a blemish on their legacy. So wow. I just, yeah. So the story was, um, the story used violence and transphobia to tell the story of two girls from rough childhoods coming up by means of deceit and scamming, a.k.a. get it, bitches, as they refer to themselves. As it was said. Right, right, right. You know. Um, A story that could have been told, eliminating the element of transness and keeping the characters as cis women. I do agree with that. Heard. The whole story could have been told through the lens of cis people, right? And I think to sensationalize it, like, oh, anything less than transphobia, I think it's kind of late. Um, so by using violent rhetoric to tell the story, Miyasha Coleman has further stereotyped the narrative that trans women are not women. 
that they lie to and trick men they are involved with, and that they are not deserving of love because of who they are. The consultant producer of the film is Amaya Scott. Now, hold up. Put a pause into that, okay? Amaya told me personally on Twitter.com, this is on record, it's still showing that she had to leave the project because the the what she offered to Miyasha, those changes weren't added to the film. So if you watch the, oh yes, if you watch the film, the film will give you a very early 2000s Jerry Springer teeth, right? It's sensationalized transphobia. And the changes that Amaya suggested were not incorporated so she left amaya herself cleared that up for me that's no allegedly she told me herself um so i think that has to be said however um i feel like miyasha was still trying to use amaya's name to kind of get it relevant for the trans community you know what i'm saying yes um so i just think it's very late and that's that cap but it's that cap when i watched the interview with um t.s madison god bless her God bless her because. Uh, you say her as as whom in the conversation? God bless T. S. Madison. Copy. Maddie, the transgender from Atlanta, by way of Miami. Um, I don't like anyone's experience, and I'm glad that people know that trans people are not all the same. We're not a monolith. Um, but I think it is so violent when we have a film that clearly clearly to me was a perverted view of what transness is mm-hmm. it was irresponsible in the, in this year of 2021 and it also pushed the narrative that trans people are just the greatest magicians and that we transition to trick people mm-hmm. um you know everything about that movie to me was late including the fashions no shade <laughs> All shade at this my, point. They had my girl looking like a flamingo <laughs> sitting on a, a houseboat. Like I just didn't, it didn't register to me. Very uh Everglades, it sounds like. Very uh Yeah, like it just like what? I don't know. It, it just seemed like a prop out of Blanche Devereaux's room for the Golden Girls. And it just made me uncomfortable. And having the the cis woman actress stand up to pee. What? Um, having the sister. Wait, wait. Actress, <laughs> hello. You heard what I said, Peter, please. I didn't see. Wow. Having her stand up to pee, having them refer to themselves as men um, in the means of coming out stories. Like, I got to tell you something, Peter, please. I'm a man. Like, it just gave very what? <sighs> Me and my homegirls, none of us refer to ourselves as men. Um, and I think we barely did when we actually identified as such. So for me, it's very late. It's very late. So fucking late. That film did nothing but cater to the notion that trans people's lives is a spectacle. And not to ruin the ending, but I'll ruin the ending because our reality, the trans women were murdered at the end of the film, you know, because we can't have a trans film without us being trick tricksters or being murdered. It doesn't exist. So into true fashion and follow that so you know i was upset for madison for kind of encouraging miyasha on instagram live and if not encouraging but allowing it and accepting it and speaking on the behalf of well people may say no maddie what do you say yeah you know but madison has other problematic guests on her show flame morrow he she we 
Um, we won't even get into that because Flame My Role doesn't even acknowledge the non-binary community. And I think as a as a quote-unquote elder, it's very late. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts about that, Peter, please? I know I said the mouthful. We're, we're, and I want to say we, but mass media and those of us that have access to the, the funds to create our own films and networks and shows, we are, even within Black communities, still pushing the typical cis-heteronormative for love, for society, for what work is, for gender roles, all of these things. And like you said, in 2021, to still have this rhetoric, like what really is shocking to me is just the active audience that still consumes this particular point of view. And I guess maybe because I'm in community and we're in community and I purposely cater my friends and connections with just people who know people of of the experience, people that are connected. Um, So I'm not going to hear or get content or receive information about shit that's transphobic, that is homophobic. Because my fam, we know better. I mean, we're of the lived experiences of our intersectionalities. So again, to have this same old rhetoric of the life of a trans person and their struggles having to be more of an external thing than internal. I'm not of the trans experience, but trans folks have their own life, own decisions, own reasoning, own feeling when it comes to their transness and if how they choose to transition, if that's a choice at all. So there's, there's a lot of nuances that I will say as a cisgender person, I can't understand and why it's crucial and important to have trans folks at the writing table, at the production table as actors, part of the whole production, because again, most of my fellow cisgender black folk, we're still getting it wrong. We're not we're not coming with truth. We're still steeped in stereotype. So, you know, you're late. You're late. You're late. You're late. Well, speaking of trans talent, let's move on to Jen and Mont. Let's go. Let's do it. So, um, Post Season 3 airs tonight, um, May 2nd, 2021. Um, by the time this drops, you'll probably have, see, everyone would have seen it. Um, but they did a... Um, you know, a season premiere party, as they always do. That's industry standard. Yeah. Um, this is one of the um, first season premieres parties to actually be in person. Um, Wait, this is... Janet had... Huh? For the pandemic, like, the industry hasn't been doing it, right? So this is, like, the first no, major... No, they, they've been, like, virtually... Or Copy. Or haven't been happening at all. Copy. Mm-hmm. So, Miss um, <laughs> Janet... Shout out to Janet Mock. Janet Mock went up there and she had something to say. Um, Janet Mock called out pay discrepancies for trans act creatives and talent. Um, people didn't see it coming. A lot of people were shocked by some of the things she said. And a lot of people gave her her thing like, yes, sis, fuck it up. It needed to be said. Yeah. Um, the premiere was held at Lincoln Center in New York City. And Janet just called out those who capitalized on the stories of trans lives without reimbursing them for what they're owed. Mock throughout her speech advocated for better representation and pay for the trans community in Hollywood. Um, it was said that Jenna was making 40000 per episode. That's wild. 
um, into, you know, broke a broke bitch like me. It's like, oh, girl, work. But to Hollywood standard, it's like pennies. You know what I'm saying? That's that's scraps, especially with the impact that poses had and the influence. The global impact. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, Janet, like I said, she announced she's only paid 40k an episode for her work on Pose, which includes the titles of producer and often directed and wrote for the series. She noted that the first two episodes were written by men. And let me tell you something. I tell everyone when she said this, I kind of gagged because I tell everyone when you begin Pose, skip the first episode. The first episode is a cot damn fool. It's a fool. So when she said this, I said, you know what, Mojo? You be knowing, bitch, because you you called it from the first episode. And it showed the difference between episodes written by cisgender gay men and actual trans women. You can clearly see the difference. I'm just putting that out there. Um, she directly called out executive producer Ryan Murphy, Ooh. asking him what did he contribute to making the show better, to which he replied, I wanted to bring in the girls, referring to Janet and Our Lady J, um, into the writer's room. Um, so that's what Ryan contributed. Ryan Murphy is known for series such as American Horror Story and Glee. Um, Janet also announced that she had been cheated on her current boyfriend, actor Angel Bismarck Curio, who plays Lil Poppy on the show, and publicly asked for his forgiveness. She also apologized to co-producer and co-writer Our Lady J for sharing her OLG to make herself feel better. Now, I think that is a gave auntie. It gave auntie because Copy. Janet went up there with a vengeance. I'm sure Janet had a little nip before she got on that stage or something because Janet went up on that stage like, listen, this is our last season and I am bearing it all. Um, and I think it's something to be said about the ways in which people love trans stories, but don't do right by the actual trans women. It is something to be said. And I think the connecting piece between um, the Miyasha Secret Society film and the Janet Mock film is that trans people are still being underserved, overlooked, devalued, and -hmm. not giving our just dues. You know, I think it's unfortunate that the industry makes it so that we feel there can only be one of us, right, at a time. Especially, that's, that's, and that even goes beyond gender of cis and trans yeah. I think women in general whether it's hip hop whether it's media there can only be one but the men's we can right. do all the things right and inhabit all the spaces right y'all can show up looking like scabs <laughs> and it's okay we have to come done pumped and ready to come guzzle in order to be received most in most spaces. It is what it is. And if you don't fit that stereotype, you, you have to always play stereotypical roles. Yes. Hey, Melissa McCarthy. Um, you know, it happens. It happens. And I think this this should be a lesson to Hollywood that we're not gonna be silent about it anymore. So I ask everyone, cisgender or transgender or intersex or in between, if you see shit is wrong, you see some fuck shit, speak up, yes. speak out, tweet, because tweets go a long way. You yes, say, I, I think before, it, like, not like any other time in history have the public had the influence that we have to make shit right. 
Yeah. Um, so definitely speak out against this. And my heart goes out to all my sisters on polls, some who I know personally. Um, you know, it's the end of the era. It's the end of the era. Yeah. And I do think if our trans siblings were in the writers room from the beginning, we would have got way more than three seasons. I'm just saying. What does post pose you think look like in terms of I don't know, I'm thinking I don't know if they would do a spin-off or should we just leave it there and create a new project that's now more centered in the trans experience directly? I, I would love to see um, a project by me. <laughs> Shameless plug. There I it have is. a couple scripts <laughs> under my garter belt. Um, HBO was good. Was popping. Because I know if nothing else, HBO, which which I say stands for helping blacks out, Ooh. will help this bitch out. Um, and they ain't going to be funny about it because I don't believe a BT will pick up a trans story by a trans woman. Showtime. I don't know Showtime like that. Copy. Um, Stars is preoccupied with 50 Cent. And they True. damn sure ain't putting our stories on primetime. So, listen... The door was open and they did that, but now it's time to break in the door waving the 4-4. All they said was, Mojo, don't hit him no more. Well, baby, I'm hating. And I'm coming with a vision. So, but I do want to see normalized trans stories that's not centered yes. on our trauma. But yes. comedy, um, I had told you a little trans joke prior to this recording. And I think that, you know, when we when we tell the jokes about ourselves, yes. it, it lands because it yes. comes from a place of we know that fine line. But if you it comes from saying? me or if it comes from somebody cisgendered. Right. With biases behind it. You know what I'm saying? It's not the same. It's Absolutely not. The same. not. But, you know, I know a lot of me and my girls, we are the trans queens of comedy. And it's no shade. Join us on Clubhouse. You'll see. <laughs> that is all facts. I hope that can be a thing in which the public, the world can hear part of those conversations and get yes. just as much just as much joy and light that I get. Because honestly, that's that's what I started on Clubhouse was just listening to the women in community, these trans women, these queer folk mm-hmm. go off. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm home. I'm, I'm home. here. Come to the bosom, baby. Come to the bosom. <laughs> Well, let me not say that too loud because a couple girls want your ticket, Peter, please. Oh, God. When they saw that podcast, it's your promo. <laughs> it's a, oh, Peter. Oh. Oh. Oh, meu Deus. Oh, yes. Oh, so, y'all gosh. didn't know? I roll with heavy hitters. Again, I like I said in the last <laughs> podcast, respectively, what is it? I'm back on the block on the sidewalk. You know, I'm adjacent to the the streets because, you know, I'm a slow walker. So I take my time. I mean, but we here respectfully. Oh, my fucking God. But back to case in point, because we're not centering the cisgendered person in this particular moment. It always seems to happen. I can't avoid it. I can't avoid it. So um, speaking of (laughs) cisgender people, the Oscars just passed. That was interesting. That was quite interesting. Um, I got some words. Some of the highlights being winners, losers, snubs, and Glenn Close doing the butt. That was a highlight. So, Chloe Zhao, um, in the Academy's 90-year history, became the second woman, first Asian woman, and overall first woman of color to win Best Director. 
Her film, Nomadlands, lead actress Frances McDormand took home the award for Best Lead Actress, which was a shock to some who thought Andre Day would win for a portrayal of Billie Holiday or Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mm -hmm. and when she played the title character, both of them. Holly Berry is the only Black woman in Academy's history to win in the lead actress category. Viola is the most nominated Black woman in Academy history with an astonishing four nominations. Viola has said something so so poignant to me once. She said, you know, they call me the Black, they call me the Black Meryl Street. So how come I'm not paid like Meryl Street? How come I don't get the roles like Meryl Street? Um, like we have to, we have to put it on the table. You know, if she is the the pinnacle of what it is to be a leading actress, why don't she have better roles or more variety in her roles, right? Something to think about. Daniel Kaluuya won Best Supporting Actor for his portrayal of assassinated Black Panther revolutionist Fred Hampton and Judas and the Black Messiah. Did you see that one? I have not. I actually have not seen practically all of the Oscar-nominated or winning films, but I have it in my DVR, quote-unquote. Got it, got it, got it. It was okay to me. I kind of fell asleep for real, but I woke up at the end. Okay. Um, Yoon Yoo Jung became the second Asian woman to win Best Supporting Actress. The animated series Soul won for Best Animated Feature Film and Best Animated Score. Did you catch Soul? I did, but I have I have worries about Soul too. Let's talk about it. Okay. The representation of the Black experience. Um, through the character Soul, or I don't think that's their name, but it's mostly just a white woman in a black person's body, and it's like most of the movie, yes. And it's like it's not truly the experience of Jamie Foxx's character. Like truly, it's just someone in in his body. So it's like not even in animation can we get a fucking steady lead, if that makes sense. Like just. Mm-hmm. Just just that little, but that's that's my only comment on Soul. I have other comments on the Oscars too. So, you know, I noticed that whenever it comes to like these animated films, like black people always have to if they're the main character, they also always have to turn into something. Mm. So like um Princess and a Frog, like the character that Tiana had to turn into a frog for most of the movie. She was she spent more time as a frog than a black woman. There we go. And then Soul, you know, um It was a cat, I think it went no, it was a cat. Yeah, he was a cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He fell into the cat's body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it is it's very interesting to think about. But they won. So shout out to Soul. Shout um out. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom won for best costume and best makeup and hairstyling. Hmm. This was the first time in Academy history Black women won for best makeup and hairstyling. Mia Neal and Jamika Wilson. Um, Shout out to them. But what I will say is that, and I've said this publicly before, I actually the clubhouse room about it. Um, Miss Mojo's Black Bottom. <laughs> but I felt that the makeup in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was anti-Black. That's another one I haven't seen. Walk me through it. That's with Viola Davis, and she plays. Um, it's a, a rendition of August Wilson's um, stage play, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Copy. Um, they adapted it for um, Netflix, um, and basically, it's about Ma Rainey, the legendary um, 
rhythm and blues singer from back in the 30s and stuff. Copy, copy. Um, basically, it's like a day in one of their performances. Um, but it's, it was um, Chadwick Boseman's, I believe, last project before passing. Yeah. Um, it was that. Um, he ate. He chewed. He chewed it. <laughs> he chewed it. Let me tell you something. If you was going out with any other role, I'm glad it was Devoured. That. Honey. Because what he lacked in Black Panther, he definitely made up in My Rainey's Black Bottom. Any movie with Black in it, it's all about him. He got it. Um, Viola's character, I felt it was problematic. And I love Viola down, down. But, you know, she had to gain weight for the role. She had to put on a fat suit for the role. Really? And when they, yeah, oh, yes. And when it was time for makeup, they literally, I felt like they put that makeup on with their fingers. It was greasy. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I saw behind the scenes, and one of the directors had mentioned they, that they wanted Ma Rainey to look like, I think she said a black seal. I may be quoting what? wrong. What? But people said that she looked like a black something while performing back in those church tents back in the day. So they wanted to translate that for film. I may be messing up my words, but you're getting the, you're getting the feel of what I'm saying. <laughs> um, you know. So for me... Actually, doing my research on who Ma Rainey was, I'm like, no, she didn't. Um, and if you look at the makeup versus the actual film film photography of Ma Rainey, it's giving very much. Y'all went too far, in my opinion. Is it giving uh, Zoe Zaldana as um? No. Okay. Nothing as is as disgusting <laughs> as what that was. Um, that movie was so bad that it even showed in most theaters. And uh-huh. what was that movie? Just the the it title. It was um, the Nina Simone movie. Yes. Yeah, I forgot the name of it. Copy it me doesn't too. matter. It was terrible. Um, and she she apologized for it um, recently because she knew that she played a game with that movie. Copy. My Brady's Black Bottom didn't give that much of a scandal, but it gave very much. I could have hired a fat black woman to play a fat black woman. No shade. No shade. Love Viola down. But, you know, when a lady asked her, who do you want to be shaped like? Because you know everything in Hollywood is tailor made. Yeah. She said, well, I want Aretha Franklin's body. And I, oh, just, just let that sit with you. There are people who have Aretha Franklin's body. So, something to think about. Just my commentary, I, I feel like some of the awards given out to folks that were either a black cast or a cast of people of color that were in production or some, I felt like they gave us the, not to say the knockoffs, because Oscar is an Oscar, I guess, but like, yeah, not the prestigious lead actress, actor. Um, we got Best Picture, but either way, we're not getting the main... We're not getting the main ones. Like uh, uh, one of the people I follow on Twitter um, was like, "All right, we gave enough awards to niggas. It's time to Ooh. switch it back to to the whiteies." But yeah, I, I just feel that we're still playing the game of having to be recognized by a white academy of people that really doesn't give a fuck about the experience of people of color, of trans people, of queer folk, disabled folk. Because that was another thing too. There was a there was a film called Crip Camp which gives so much insight into the disability movement and why we have such things like the ADA. And it's such an amazing, incredible film, but it mm-hmm. lost to an octopus movie. 
Oh wow! Like a movie about calamari or some shit. So again, the 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 whole establishment of this academy and and recognizing what they deem to be the best in visual moving images. It's a crock of shit. And wow, you know, again with like us, yeah, we got we got an award from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom in costume, but Chadwick didn't get best actor. Well, and, hold on, hold oh, on, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Skip, my bad. Skipping the list. Skipping the list. <laughs> so many thoughts. <laughs> so Tyler Perry was one of the evening's two Gene oh. Hurlshow Humanitarian Award recipients for his active engagement with philanthropy and charitable endeavors in recent years, including efforts to address homelessness and economic difficulties faced by members of the African American community. Forgot about that. That was interesting to me because I think they, I think they just gave it to him because he housed um, Prince and that and that biracial woman when they got excommunicated from the, the royal palace. That's neither here or there. Um, <laughs> talk about it. Talk about it. Or not talk about it. Hey, thank you, girl. <laughs> Love you down. Right. What black folks say? As quiet as it's cat. As quiet as it's cat. <laughs> Singer Her won for Best Original Song, Fight For You, from the film Judas and the Black Messiah. She was now an Emmy and Tony away from being an EGOT recipient. The only other EGOT I know who's a Black woman is Whoopi Goldberg. So that's interesting. Copy. Now, back to your boy. Chadwick Boseman <laughs> was up for Best Lead Actor for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and shockingly lost the award to Sir Anthony Hopkins for his role in The Father. This year, the categories for Best Lead Actor and Actress were the last two awards given out for the night, which broke from the normal tradition of Best Picture being the last award given. The show ended abruptly after the announcement of Hopkins' win. So I felt like they knew it was going to be scandalous, and they tried to switch it to keep the Black people watching. Of course. Because you know we don't watch the whole Oscars. Of course. We get in and get out. So I feel like they did that up, um, on purpose to kind of like, oh, gotcha. Do you know what they did with his legacy? Talk about it. The uh, So there's this, and I'm not going to get so deep into this because this is the internet fire asset of the of the, of the the year, but NFTs, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, these digital things that exist online only, you can claim exclusive ownership of a an online item. So again, just capitalism in a different form. Um, mm-hmm. So they commemorated Chadwick with like this limited edition golden digital NFT. Um, as to like commemorate his memory on top of not giving him the award. So it was kind of like, it, it felt very performative to like set up this maybe buzz that, oh, he might get, you know, May, oh, he might get the lead. No, you know, so that Sir Anthony Hopkins, although a great actor, but I just felt like the Academy was milking his death in some way, shape or form. Um, to profit not only views but income because I think you can you have to pay for the NFT and these things are rather expensive if you auction them out and whatever. But they play all of us and they always do. It's they it's not for us. Again, to my point from before, like a board or a government, I don't know how they how they run it, but it's mostly white folk. Old right, white folk right. that determine what is lit and what is not. Comedian, comedian and actor Lil Rel, along with Questlove, challenged attendees on their Oscar music knowledge, asking if the songs played for each of them were Oscar nominations, winners, or none of the above. 
So, Andre Day was quizzed on Purple Rain, which was not nominated. However, Prince won for original score for the film. Daniel Kaluuya was quizzed on Last Dance by Donna Summer from Thank God It's Friday, which won for the best original song. He got the answer incorrect, which his table mate, legendary actress Glenn Close, called him out on. She got the last song, which was The Butt by DC Gogo Van E.U. That's the one. Yeah. I can fuck it up too much more. Um, but it was featured in the Spike Lee film School Days. So Glenn proceeded to not only drop the history of the song, but proceeded to do the dance as well. She did acknowledge that she got the heads up on the song and was helped by Daniel Daryl Britt Gibson and Rel on the history of the DC Go-Go. But she knew the dance because she watched the video and knew the film. So they had a whole... Did you ever see the Doing the Butt music video? Um, I think I might have seen it. I think so. Yeah, so basically it's all the kids up um, up in the locker rooms and the gyms and stuff doing a little butt dance. Copy. But it was, you know, around that time of... Um, school days so that was a real popular moment in black history so that that was the Oscars you have any more Oscar commentary because you watched the whole thing bitch I couldn't number one the whole time Tyler Perry speech the speech when he received the award yo it it gave I it gave I damn let me take another sip of this uh, mango wine hold on it was giving Pick me, I'm good Negro. It was giving. I, I'm gonna take the safe way out of this conversation and not acknowledge all the systemic racism that exists and how it works. It was giving. Let's personify the police as an identity, which was fucking weird. He was like, uh, he said something to the sort of like black, white, Asian, and I think police officer, and I was like, wait, hold on. Excuse me. It's giving one of these things are not like the other, and I'm not on Sesame Street. So what's going on? Like, not Blue Lives Matter. While giving the speech, so that was my my gripe with that specifically. And then, um, I enjoyed the butt moment with Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cute, but part of me, a large part of me, felt like it was staged because I saw it live, and I was like, it's impossible. And I didn't I didn't want to shade Glenn. I was like, is it possible that she's recalling all of this exact knowledge of this one song? For this one specific moment, like it, it just it yeah. seemed like it was a shtick, um, and yeah, I mean, just I, I'm, I'm I wasn't really expecting anything to be blown by the Oscars. I wasn't shocked. I just like, oh, you know, white supremacy at work, business as usual. Business as usual is just white supremacy working through the entertainment complex, but it works in all the things that we do, and that's not right. because of black True. folk and queer folk and trans folk want it to be, but that again. That's just an effect of it. It's the reason why. <laughs> it's the reason why you can have. <laughs> God, I'm trying not to get so political. It's okay, Peter. Please be <laughs> political. It's the reason why you can have our vice president say that there is a racist past to our country, but we're not a racist country. So that's that's all. That's that's the last. That's the last thing I will say. I I promise. 
So you know what, Peter? I'm glad you brought that up because we will be talking about that in episode three. So y'all oh, better come shit. back because we're really gonna we're gonna break that we're gonna break that down. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to just be lip service. Yes. But we're gonna break down VP Kamala Harris' statement of America is not a racist country because it just gave very much gaslight. And I like to come with the facts and the receipts and make it plain for the people in the back. So we're definitely hitting that up episode three. Believe that. So, in lighter news, yes. Um, game night. So during the pandemic, a lot of people have been returning to you know family core values like small settings of game nights and slumber parties and stuff like that. Yeah. So, should scenario card games be taken lightly? Scenario card games such as Do or Drink, Cards Against Humanity, and many others have been a topic of discussion when couples play amongst friends. So, my question is, should the responses mm. be honest or politically correct to spare feelings? What do you think? Uh, how do I say it? When you play, uh, for example, when you play a game like Cards, uh, a game like Cards Against Humanity, you're gonna encounter some really uncomfortable topics. You'll you encounter in content warning. You'll encounter abortion. You'll encounter maybe potentially sexual assault. You'll encounter really, really off-putting things. But if you're surrounded with yeah. folks that kind of know the deal of these things, not just on the surface, but the actual systems of oppression at work, and can easily just get a laugh because it's just people just trying to, to 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 bullshit and have fun then i would be very comfortable per, a person that knows themselves truly um i know i was that was a whole rant goddamn no that's cool um i agree with you but i think like when it comes to like the level of like just understanding of it's still a game yeah i think there's a fine line i think it's definitely a fine line because like for me personally you know, I love, I'm with the shits. Copy. I'm with the shits. Um, and I think people can be warned beforehand how intense a game may be. Um, but again, it's always for laugh and giggles. Huh? It was a situation where um the card game acts the man who who would he like to be deserted with on the island. And he mentioned not his wife, but the his his friend's wife. Because he would want peace on the island. And that was the only reason why he picked her instead of his wife. And she jumped across the table. She jumped across the table. The wife was like, nigga, what? Um, now, I don't foresee that happening in my circles because none of us could keep a man for real. But Ooh. secondly, um, I wish the trade would play me in front of my homegirls. Don't do that. Because <laughs> if you want to joke, don't forget that I'm the big joker. So, you know, and you like you said, Peter, please, I'm quick on my feet. That's it. Quick on my fleets. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, hello? Hello? Don't do it. Let don't me just do sit it. by one. Um, but I, you do that. Do that. Don't do me. Do that. <laughs> um, I do think, though, that you have to go into these settings <laughs> with a level of just, we're playing. It's a game, you know? Yeah. Nothing should be taken too serious. And if you know your triggers, don't play, y'all. Don't don't play because shit get hot. Now, if we're talking Uno, now hold up. Oh, that's hold war. Up. Hold up. Because for bitches like me who can't play space, Uno is all I got. Oh, yes, I said it. Y'all, y'all can take my black You card. can't play space either? 
I don't know. I, okay, so finally, I know someone else that doesn't know how to fucking play spades. No shade to if you play spades, but you I don't know. Alone. I am here with you. I feel seen. Okay. I feel seen. And y'all can cancel us if y'all want to, but we are still black excellence without <laughs> <laughs> the spades tournaments, okay? We are still black excellence. Oh, now, shit. when it comes to Uno, baby, pick and play. Don't play with me. Do you do color stacks or or numbers? St- like, how do you play? I do. Okay. Color stacks is anti-black and it makes no logical sense. <laughs> number stacks are the only acceptable stacks <laughs> for me, personally. Personally speaking. Um, it just goes to show me what time of time you're on, Peter, please. Oh, damn. Otherwise, number stacks are acceptable. Copy. I do believe in pick and play. Um, and I do believe on putting a drawer on top of another drawer. And it's no okay. shade. That's it. I, I believe in that. When I play Uno, I ask, we have to set the table rules because we all come from different hoods, right? Yeah. Different hoods move different ways. What I do in Brooklyn, I know for sure you don't do in the Bronx, right? So I set out the table rules and we'll go accordingly. I can play hood Uno. I can play corporate Uno. I can play white woman Uno. However you want to do it. <laughs> Not Starbucks Uno. Very much that. Very much. Uh, pick and play. I, I can do that. I can do that. So, you know. Because white women, they don't really shit talk when they play cards. That's a part of the black experience. Well, again, if you... That's why I brought up like Cards Against Humanity. Like I don't know if you've played that game, yeah. but that's... I have. I have. Okay, copy. So it can be, it can be problematic, but again... Like you were saying, you 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 coming in and you should know someone's triggers, right? You should know kind of if that's your significant other. I would hope, like you kind of, yeah, you don't have a space where you're trying to alienate someone. And I think in this particular story, um, you know, there, there seemed to be like a lack of communication in a regular relationship. So I'm with friends. Mm-hmm. We're probably a little liquored up. I'm mad loose on the tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this question comes right. up. I, I see my my significant other and I'm saying something that just off the cuff was true feeling, but in the game setting, once it comes out, it's like, oh shit. Uh shouldn't have said that. Should have just told this person directly. You better lay low. So But yeah, know who you're playing with. You know what I mean? Keep it cute. I feel like that husband, he was trying to pull a stunt. I could be wrong, but if you know that your wife don't bring peace, why would you say something unpeaceful? Not to victim blame, but not that's to, your partner. <laughs> you chose violence in that one, and, not, and, and again, not to say that jump they deserve. Over the table, baby, she's been jumping over m- many other things. And not condoning, absolutely no elements of domestic violence whatsoever. Uh, I just think no. again, and like I said, not to victim blame. Absolutely not. Um, but that could have been a conversation or probably was a pending conversation or maybe just those feelings that come up in relationships that don't get talked about. The elephants in the room, so to speak. Right. So, yeah, Peter, that was our last topic. Yeah. That was it? That damn. was it. It happens that fast, right? God damn. Miss Mojo would... be busting through them. Shit. That was smooth. Miss Mojo be busting through them. I want to give a special shout out to our Hot Topics producer, yes, Danielle Robertson. Yes, yes, hey, yes. Danny. Shout out. He was able to whip up the Jan and Mock for us in, in 15 minutes. So thank you, Danny, for the late notice. Um, we try to keep Hot Topics as hot as we possibly can. Um, so just know that we're giving you the best that we got. No need to bake it. 
That's it. So Peter, I see that that um that top just uh, just keeps twisting <laughs> off that drink. How you Listen, doing? I am lit. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 I am feeling real good right now. It's a Sunday. I'm with, you know, a very dear friend. I um it's good vibes, doing the things that I love to do. You know, I can't there's no complaints over here, Miss Mojo. Very good. <laughs> um, I'm feeling good. I thank you for lightening up my spirit after such a sorrowful weekend. Wow, um, wow. Rest in peace, Miss Carol Dominique. Your legacy forever lives on. Rest in power. And your children and all of our hearts. Um, rest in peace to all those who lie for a living. Miss um, Mojo doesn't have time for you. And we, we lay you down to rest. And we wish for the best. Um, as of this recording, I am two weeks trade free. Thank you. So I reset. No shade. No shade. No shade. Do y'all see how they do you? Wow. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh man, that was terrible. That was terrible. Oh, speaking of terrible, I need yes. to follow up. Yes. The one minute man question. Oh God. You thought I forgot, right? Oh man. You thought I forgot, right? <sighs> um, Peter, are you a one minute man? Yes. Wow. Um, I, I just I. Time is a construct, right? So why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear the fucking rest. My name is Miss Mojo, and I thank y'all for listening to Mad Black, because what the fuck? It's your boy, Peter, please. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you. We love you. Mwah. What the fuck? Y'all, stay tuned for episode three. Holla. Peace.